0: Hey, uh, welcome to this episode of the High School with First Church podcast. I'm Randy Bennett. I'm the high school pastor at First Church, St. Joe, Michigan. Uh, This episode, I'm going to go in a little bit different direction. And First of all, before we get much into this, uh, it would probably be good for you to hear the sermon uh, that Pastor Culp, our senior, our lead pastor, gave beginning of December. It's called Total Forgiveness, and you can find that uh, in the archived in our past sermons on myfirstchurch.com, go to uh, Sundays to Go, and then down there there's a streaming sermon, the sermon that from the last Sunday, whatever Sunday um, it is, whatever week it is. Right under that it says Past Sermons, and you can go there and you can choose it. Look for Total Forgiveness. I believe it's on December 2nd. Uh, listen to that if you haven't listened to that, and then uh, come back to this one. So I'll just kind of wait here for you. All right, well, now that you've listened to that and uh, you're back here, I want to share you my story. I want to share with you what what my story of total forgiveness has been, and I only tell you, like Pastor called, reference that you know we, we shouldn't share this really just to brag or to be to be bitter or anything like that. Uh, we need to to let it go. So I that's why I tell you my story, that maybe it can relate to something you're going through, and to give you hope, or maybe give it give you someone to talk to it starts way back for me I remember sitting on the steps it was Halloween uh, and I remember sitting on the steps of my mom's house the same house she lives in now I was hot, I was sweaty and I was anxious and I had my Halloween costume on, I'm sure it was plastic or vinyl, These kind of things that you slip over your clothes I had my coat on had the mask sitting on top of my head, you know like like a hat. you know those creepy Halloween masks that they used to have in the 80s. I don't know I think it was maybe the Lone Ranger or something. I'm just waiting and nothing. I'm starting to sweat and I'm torn. All I want all I wanted to do is for my dad to pick me up, but he never came. That was when I was four. And I didn't hear from my dad until I was eight. He was back in Australia, and for all I knew, those four years he was dead. And I understood death somehow at four because my grandpa, my only other father figure in my life, had died too. But at the time when I was four, I just wanted to be with him. I didn't like the people that he was living with. They were they were often mean or grumpy with me, and I didn't like being there, and sometimes my dad would pull a power play for visitation on me, or on my mom, and take me, even though he would just drop me off at the people he was staying with. People who were family feuding with my grandparents, um, and they were neighbors up the road, and so my dad would, sometimes he would just pick me up, drop me off there, and then go do something, uh, just so he could exert power over my mom, at least that's what it seemed to me that's how it seems now so I, I'm going to fast forward a little bit a lot for you <clears throat> uh, as I was growing up I would get letters and packages from my dad at least birthday and Christmas and he tried to reach out as best he could from halfway across the world so he, he sent me stamps got me into stamp collecting I still collect stamps and I know it's pretty nerdy but uh, I think it's that childhood connection somehow to my dad I never really wrote them back. I, I think I wrote them back once in elementary school and then maybe when I got into sixth grade, once, maybe once as a freshman or a middle schooler, I'm not sure. And then I really, really started writing them when I was a junior because I was coming across my 18th birthday and I actually wanted to change my name and I did. You all know me as Bennett, but before that I was right. My dad's name is, last name is Wright. So when I was 18, I changed my name, and I just had to deal and work through that, not knowing him, and not knowing his family. Uh, I wanted to be more a part of the family I knew, so I changed my name to Bennett. So growing up, I didn't have much contact with my dad. Uh, outside of letters and gifts, cards, stuff like that, my 18th birthday, he called me left a message on the answering machine and also uh, right around the time I got married he called other than that until I got married and decided I really wanted to have a relationship with him I didn't but there was a lot of mileage a lot of thing a lot of water needed to go under the bridge uh, between childhood and, I had, and that and I had to sort through some issues first so I remember in college, there, were time, there, was, there was a time in my life that uh, I was really getting to know who I was more. And, I mean, that's a big theme of college, really figuring out who you are and finding you know, how you can be who you want to be, basically. And there were some events that added up to me in my head and to others around me that, that I had an anger problem that I didn't realize I had. Uh, You know, I kind of thought as a kid that I had a temper, but that I realized that I needed some help. One of those, the first thing, was uh, was playing indoor soccer at the time. And we were playing on this old gym floor. And I don't know if you know much about indoor soccer, but there's a lot of goal scoring. It's a fast-paced game, and that's just what happens. And So we'd have scores like 10 to 13, 15 to 20, stuff like that. Because it was a really small gym, and you'd just uh, you know, ricochet a, sh- uh, a shot off the wall and bounce in off 12 people or something like that. Well, I remember one game, I just got so mad. And it was a low-scoring game, actually. It was like 5-4, to four. but when we lost. But I-, I remember blowing up and being so mad after I got scored on that I slapped my hand on the hardwood floor. And I slapped it so hard that I didn't feel my hand. I had that, you know that when you sit on your leg or something, you feel that tingly feeling for a while and it really hurts? It bugs you? Well, I had that going on for like four hours. That's how hard, I slapped the blood right out of my hand. That was a red flag to me. And then in one of my classes, uh, we were all doing group projects and we were rotating around it. The team that was teaching that day in class was teaching from a book. Uh, I think it was. I think it's called "Making Love Last for a Lifetime," uh, and it's about preparing for marriage and helping people live and have a good marriage. And one of the chapters they brought out of that was a chapter on anger, and so they gave us an anger inventory, and I took it and. I scored low, actually. I scored pretty low, and they said, "Well, the average score is somewhere around a hundred. So if you have much lower th- than that, or much higher than that, you-, you may have an anger problem." So I took the inventory, and it was like fifty-four, or so. I think that was a score. It was pretty, it's pretty low, and I thought that's kind of weird, especially in light of the week or two before I had been so angry and couldn't control myself and slapped, slapped the floor that that hard. felt out of control. That was the scariest thing about that. About a week after that I was having lunch with a nice young lady named Jen. Yep, that's the one you know. My wife. And to be honest with you, I can't remember if we were engaged. Well, I think we were engaged. Yeah. Or we were planning on getting engaged. The pre-engaged engagement phase of a relationship. Anyway, we were sitting at lunch and all all of our friends had dispersed back to class and we were just kinda lingering there for a while. She said something I don't even remember with the context of anything we were talking about, but she said something and I just I said I said no and or that's I didn't like her idea, whatever I said, and she never noticed. She didn't feel like it was like, really mean or, or anything like that. She just thought I was saying it was a bad idea. Well, in my heart, it felt like like I lashed out. Like, that's just a r- ridiculous idea. That's stupid. Why would you even think that? So I'm walking back to class. And in fact, the same class that I, we took the in, in, anger inventory in the week before. And I, I stopped. I mean, there's this beautiful valley at Henderson between the buildings, and I stopped in the middle of the valley, and there was snow, and I just kind of looked, and I thought, gosh, I don't want to be like that, I don't want to be a husband like that, and so, after the class, I, uh, I went up to my professor, and she is actually a certified marriage and family therapist, and I told her what had been going on, and maybe, like, what do you think, maybe, I think maybe I should go talk to somebody about this, and she th- said that would be a great idea, and she said, she asked if I, I wanted to use her phone to make an a appointment with a, with a college counselor because it was free to students. There was no hindrance really for us to do that, other than our own pride or our anxiety about doing that. So she she said she would call me the next day and call counseling services to see if I had made an appointment. <laughs> so. Uh, I got home that afternoon and called, and made a made an appointment. She, sure enough, she checked up on me. But that whole process there began my road to healing. And I realized I pointed, you know, that the anger was welling up in my subconscious, and I just couldn't I couldn't handle it on my own. And thank God that kids don't have to deal with that weight. God made us made our minds in such a way that. You know, we do bury things, and and they, it it was coming up when at the time that I could deal with it in my life, it was starting to surface, and so it was time to deal with it. So, and we did. I had several, I had many sessions with her. I think her name was Lisa. If I remember right. Lisa just helped me walk through that, um, and we we sometimes make make jokes about oh, the inner child is crying and all this stuff and make corny jokes about that but you know there's something to that when we're wounded as a child or as we're growing up it can often affect us later in life and it did me. mean anyway I went through this process with her and she told me maybe what some of my triggers for anxiety and also uh, for anger were and so I um, she helped me deal with those um, from week to week. And it was great because some of the things, some of those issues had happened with some of my friends. And she said, this is an example of that. That's why you're so angry about this. Your, your friend forgot to call you uh, before they went out. Not, not because they didn't want you there. Just because they have ADD. Literally, seriously, this friend forgot, forgot to call me. Uh, one time, and I felt abandoned. So I was, the, and I was the only one left in the dorm, almost literally. And they were already gone and unreachable. And that was way back before everyone had cell phones. So I was stuck. I was alone. So I spent the night just watching movies by myself in my dorm, dorm room. I felt abandoned, same way I felt in my childhood for my dad. So this trained professional helped me through. That walked me through And I, I, I began the road of healing began down that road What this has to do with forgiveness Is this Once I walked through that anger Once I walked through The issues that I had that were calm, that were Fueling that anger Towards my dad I began to be able to forgive him It's hard to believe And some people can't believe Believe it when I say that I've, I've Forgiven him uh, it, it, this whole we started our relationship in a, a on a bluff in, in Australia on, near a lighthouse on the p- South Pacific and my dad and I sat on this bluff in his car for like four hours and we just shared our stories and at some point he asked me he said, hey I, I can understand if you hate me, I can and I, that gave me the opportunity to say dad I, there was a time that i would have said that but i don't hate you i don't know you I, I, I don't i can't feel like i can say i love you yet but i don't hate you i've forgiven you and that was that was the beginning of our relationship right there and you know we chat and email and call each other on the phone now you know he's he's still halfway around the world and he's you know we only see him i've only i actually seen him twice since I was a kid. But you know what? I've forgiven him. If I can let that go, and if I can forgive, as for God forgave me, of all the dirty, nasty things that I've done, then I can forgive my dad. And I can forgive anyone else that hurts me too. So I hope my story has helped you. I hope that if you need help forgiving somebody, if you need to talk about an issue you have in your life that you seek somebody out and if that somebody's me I'd love to talk to you talk to a friend, talk to your mom and dad talk to another volunteer in our youth ministry anybody and if, and if you need help other than our listening ears, if you need a trained ear, if you need someone's help we can connect you to that help the kind of help that I got and uh, again if we can help in any way let us know alright take care <music> Hey, uh, this podcast is a production of the High School Ministry of First Church of God, St. Joe, Michigan.